This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. Uh, Rocket Mortgage, you know, home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. 855-212-4CBS is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with many of you seeing two of the most dynamic young quarterbacks in the game airing it out when Mahomes and the Chiefs welcome Watson and the Texans to Arrowhead. Followed by the Cowboys visiting the Jets at MetLife. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you focused for football in the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. On CBS, Chris Plank is with the Sooners Radio Network. He does sidelines for all the Oklahoma games, and they got a big one coming up at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Oklahoma and Texas, bitter rivals going at it again. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, Scotty. What's shaking, man? How are you? I'm cool. So uh, I got to ask you first, are you surprised? Because, you know, Oklahoma's been kicking everybody's ass but are you surprised that Baylor is where they are and that uh, I know you go to uh, Waco on the 16th of, of November, so I'm surprised they're there. Are you surprised they're there and there's no worry at all about that team, or, or should there be some worry? Oh, there's worry, man. They're, they're playing some defense. Uh, I'm not surprised that they started off as well as they did because their, their schedule is charm and soft with what they did to start the season. But when they beat Iowa State and kind of with some of the hype that Iowa State had, that, that was really a moment to where I stopped and thought, oh, oh, okay, Matty Rule's got it going on there at, uh, in Waco this year. And, you know, he did a really nice job at Temple. He kind of resurrected that program, and he did it with defense. And it was wild because he came to, to Waco and had to completely rebuild and change the culture of not just that football program, but – uh, Scott, you know, that whole athletic department was a hot mess with everything that had happened. So he did a really nice job of kind of stabilizing the, the football program, has him back to respectability. They're really playing well, and they're doing it with defense, which is kind of a unique thing for our conference. So what do you think of um, the seamless transition to Hurts uh, and how he's done? <laughs> how about that? Huh? Right. Man, a few words. Uh, it, drop this line, Frel. Help me understand this. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. There you go. That's, that's what it was this week. Got to keep the main thing the main thing. Then the coach said it. Here's everything I need to know about Jalen Hurts. Dude came in in February, was named a team captain in August. Team captains aren't voted on by the coaches. It's all players. So he was able to come in and really give a business-like mindset because you know he has something that not a single person uh, outside of – their their co-offensive coordinator and inside receivers coach Kale Gundy has he's got a national championship ring. You know he won a national title during what was that his sophomore season. Now granted he was replaced by Tua and we all know the story, but he's really brought beyond what he's doing on the field. He's brought leadership. And for all what impresses me is is he's showing some accuracy. Now he regressed a bit against Kansas. Didn't play his best football, 
Um, but he looked really good against Texas Tech. When Oklahoma went with that hurry-up offense, they were playing very good football uh, on Saturday against Kansas. Took him a while to get going. But, yeah, man, it's been seamless. It's been smooth. And it's not just about what he's doing on the field. It's about the attitude that he's bringing to this team off the field with his leadership. Can you believe that uh, they've had this run of uh, success at quarterback with uh, you know Mayfield and then Murray and now this guy? It's crazy, isn't it? And it's wild because – for the longest time, well, I say the longest time, you know, they had that Sam Bradford, and Bradford was the number one pick in the draft, and we kind of know how. I think Jones he replaced, well, replaced I, I, him, and Landry becomes the all-time passing leader in Oklahoma Sooner football history. He, he's number one. He's ahead of Bradford and Kyler and Baker, but he never won championships. He won Big 12 championships, but never was in the mix for the, the playoffs of the BCS at the time. And they went through a little kind of rough spell with guys like Blake Bell and Trevor Knight. Bell's playing tight end for Kansas City now. But Baker brought the attitude. Kyler brought the swagger. It's incredible. It, and it speaks, by the way, to Lincoln Riley. Scotty, think about the different personalities here. You got Baker, who's you know he's he's outgoing, he's bombastic. You got Tyler, who's a little bit more reserved, but very much, very much walks with uh, confidence and very much a swagger kind of a guy. And you got Jalen Hurts, who's all business. And Lincoln Riley has been able to have success with three different types of personalities implementing his offense. So it's amazing, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like this again, you know, depending on what happens with the Heisman race with Jalen and then how the pro scouts view him. But, man, to have back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners go number one overall in the draft, and now you have a guy in a lot of people's uh, Heisman polls, which is ridiculous and stupid to do a Heisman poll six weeks into the season. But still, he's leading in a lot of those people's and voters' minds. So it's just I, I don't. I just can't even fathom it in today's college game. Chris Plank with us, uh, Sooners Radio Network. Do you think uh, that they uh, just messed around last week, or what was the problem? Because, you know, they've been putting 60 on just about everybody, and and that didn't happen. Scotty, I'm not about making excuses, and I've listened to you long enough that you're not going to deal with any BS, but that was the weirdest game I've ever been a part of. You know, we had a delay to start it, and they thought the delay was going to be longer, and then – as they're kind of chilling, they have the ops people come into the locker room and say, all right, y'all, we're going in 15 minutes. And it's like, holy bleep, let's go. So it was kind of odd to start with. But once can't, once they got their feet underneath them defensively, and that's where this team needs to be better if they're going to take that next step. they got to be better defensively. But once they got their feet underneath them defensively, they did a really nice job. I think they scored something like 35, maybe 42 unanswered points before they started going with the depth. But <laughs> Lawrence – and no offense to our Kansas fans by any stretch of the imagination, but that football stadium is the library of college football. You know, you go in there and you can, you can hear a, a pin drop. It, it, there's not a lot of atmosphere. And it was 11 a.m. kick. They had a, we stayed an hour away from the stadium. So it was just a really weird setting, and it just took them a while to get going. But, yeah, no, Jalen Hurts made some uncharacteristic mistakes in that game, and I kind of think it was good. You know, they went out there, didn't play their best ball, learned they needed to refocus, learned they needed to prepare and practice a little better, and now they've got the toughest team on their schedule to date and one of the contenders in the Big 12 for the uh, for the title game. Why do you think, uh, Chris Plank with us, Sooners Radio, why do you think that uh, uh, they're double-digit favorites then if they're, you know, because I said on the show already, like, I can't even believe, you know, the, the two games last year were really good, and I just I have a hard time uh, grasping that number at whatever it was, 10 and a half, 11. I just, I get it, but 
if you know even even Riley said you know this is we have to play really good football to beat this team and i don't think he's joking i think that that you know texas they hate your guts it's a <laughs> it's a war i mean it's this game we wait for every year it, it means so much to both sides i really i don't understand the fat number i don't either it makes no sense to me I, absolutely none you would think that if you look historically at this series you know there's there's some blowouts but, I mean, the last couple of years, these have been great games, you know, and, and when I saw a 10 and a half, and I don't know how much that's fluctuated uh, over the last couple of hours, I haven't checked it recently, I thought, I thought by the time we hit Friday, that would be pushed down to like seven, maybe, maybe even six, and I know that's a dramatic move, and you don't see that very often, but I'm kind of surprised that it's not moving very much. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't moved, it's, it's still at 10 and a half got to be kidding me man no. you you give me any rivalry game especially one like this that's played on a neutral site you know this is neutral site this is the cotton bowl this is old school baby cotton bowl hosts like maybe three football games all year long it's old school it's you're not in this state-of-the-art facility you walk down a ramp the uh, locker rooms are across from each other it's old school it's like a flashback a throwback and it's going to be cool weather on saturday morning so there's not a home field advantage you can look to and so when I saw that big number, I thought, did someone think that this was being played in Norman this year? I mean, because it, it makes no sense to me. These are two teams that tend to bring out the best in each other, and they played two great games last year. Uh, obviously, Texas got out to the big lead. Oklahoma had to rally and did the last-second field goal by Dicker the kicker that won the game for Texas. But I don't get it, man. And and I'm not, a, I'm not someone that, in my position, can gamble on games. But I'll tell you what, if I saw that and I was someone that was – a wager in full, Scotty. I think I'd be all over looking at a team like Texas getting double digits against this rival. I like that. I like that. Chris Plank with the Sooners Radio. Tell me about uh, some of these guys on the defensive side of the ball that are playing so well this year. Uh, Kenny Murray, and uh, they've had so many different guys that have been, you know, Redman, I think, has played really well for them. Uh, uh, you know, Ronnie Perkins. Tell me about that side of the ball. Dude, you'd love Ronnie Perkins. You'd love him. I mean, he is... Uh, he's a sophomore, a true sophomore out of the 314. He's from the St. Louis area. Just a, a straight baller. You know, he, here's a guy that had to play as a freshman immediately, and not necessarily because they were necessarily needy, but because he was that good. And he stepped up, and he's made a big advancement. You know, to me, this starts, before I get you a couple individuals to keep an eye on, this starts with their new defensive coordinator. His name's Alex Grinch. He came in from Ohio State. They've adopted this new mindset. It's called Speed D. And with the job that he's doing and with the job that Brian Odom, his new backers coach, and their cornerbacks coach and Roy Manning, they, they have this team believing and buying in, and you need that. You just can't, you can't say, like, all right, we're going 3-3-5, three, three, we're going 4-3. They've got these guys believing in this mindset, and it's all about an effort-based defense because – Come on, man. You, you've seen whenever defenses or whenever teams tap out and you don't see that effort. So they're demanding the effort. They've got some ballers. You mentioned Kenneth Murray. Here's a guy that's a junior, has already been a two-year captain. This is the first time in his career that he's played the same position in back-to-back years. You know, he came in as a secondary guy. Then they moved him to inside backer. I mean, it's just it's been wild to kind of see his progression, and he is just an athletic freak. And learning that position – Every single day. I'm glad you mentioned the interior guys. Jalen Redman, uh, Neville Gallimore, listen for him on Saturday. You know, Jalen Redman was a rush in, and they thought, hmm, maybe we'll try to go the Aaron Donald route and just put you inside, and it's really made a difference 
for the redshirt freshman who's out of the Oklahoma City area. So they got some ballers, man. They, it, it, their secondary, there's still some question marks there, but there's a freshman that I think you'd love. His name's Jaden Davis. He'll rotate in at cornerback. He wears number four. Uh, he's not afraid to stick his head in there. He's a baller. He's the future for them in the secondary. So what do you think, Chris, of the rest of the way? Uh, beyond, like, let's say they were to get by Texas and then they got West Virginia at home. I think they'll handle mm-hmm. them. They go to Manhattan. They got Iowa State at home. That could be a hell of a game. We've seen them come in there before and upset you. Baylor on the road in Waco, TCU at home, and then finish uh, at uh, Stillwater. What do you think of their track to uh, the Big 12 championship and the playoff? Feel good if they can take care of business on Saturday. I'm not copping out of the question, but I don't think they're going to be underdogs in another game this year. You know, we'll kind of see what happens with Baylor. I think Baylor and Texas Tech is going to be fun this weekend. Matt Wells has done a really nice job, and we talked earlier about what Matt Rule has done in Waco. So I think, you know, depending on what happens there, there's a really good chance that Oklahoma is not an underdog in a single game yet this year. But, you know, there's been – I think the number goes back like six or seven years that they've dropped the game where they're a double-digit favorite. You know, last year I think it was Texas. You know, I think they were a double-digit favorite – to Texas and lost that game. You go back the year before Iowa State. I don't. I can't do this because I'll sit here and start getting heartburn and frustration over some of the, <laughs> the missed opportunities. But bro, they there there's been a few stinkers that they've dropped. So the hope is that they've learned from them and, and they're going to get better. But the path from here on out, I think, sets up really well uh, for Oklahoma. But they, this is it, man. You you probably circled two games at the beginning of the year that you looked at and thought, all right, this could be. This could be trouble. And one of them Saturday against Texas. And I always circle that bedlam battle. That's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, which is the final, I think, Saturday of the season. So those are going to be two very challenging games. And obviously we get one of them on a national stage Saturday morning. But it shapes up real well. They just can't have their brain fart that they've had in years past to where for some unknown reason they just they, they have a Saturday where it just doesn't all click. And I know that happens in college football. But maybe this defense is to that point now to where if the offense isn't going, that they'll be able to slow down a team and uh, keep them from dropping the kind of a head scratcher. Uh, do you think that um, that, that they're, uh, you know, because they're on the outside looking in right now uh, in terms of the oh, yeah. in terms of the rankings and everything, do you think that they're actually, uh, you know, better than LSU or, uh, you know, Georgia or Ohio State? Because, you know, everybody's darlings are always one and two. If Clemson would have lost to North Carolina, they'd probably still be ranked number one. <laughs> yeah, and everybody loses their mind because LSU's throwing the ball this year and they act like they created the forward pass. Oh, no one's run a spread offense until LSU did it. You know, get out of here with that. I like, I like LSU a lot. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. But I, I think if you go undefeated in a Power 5 conference – you're probably going to have a slot in that four-team playoff. But what happens if we get multiple teams? Now, here's what I think is after Florida beat uh, Auburn last week, I think you've got about 10 teams right now that currently control their own destiny to make the playoffs. Now, again, that involves them going undefeated. And Georgia and Alabama and Florida is all in that mix. But, you know, you have elimination games every single week. This is an elimination game between LSU and Florida. This weekend, it's an elimination game for Texas between Oklahoma and Texas. You know, the Sooners lost this game last year. Kyler Murray still won the Heisman Trophy, and they still went to the 14 playoff because they avenged the loss in the championship game. So I think there's about 10 teams right now in that mix controlling their own destiny. Every week, I think you'll see some teams fall out of it. But, yeah, you know, you, you don't want to be in a position 
Well, you get to that final weekend, Scotty, and you're looking around and you realize, ugh, you know, we got one loss. Ohio State's got a loss, but they have, you know, they were very impressive right. at certain points. You know, you, you start comparing resumes, and unfortunately, you know, Oklahoma doesn't have that non-conference win over, say, like in Ohio State like they did two years ago. So uh, uh, Chris Planguin of Sooners Radio, what, what kind of rush do you get uh, doing that gig on the sideline in Norman at these uh, gigantic football games that they play in? Bro. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's almost, I can't even describe it. I can't even explain it. And, and I, I walk out there and do that goofy thing where I hold the mic at the coin toss, you know, to try to get the referees talking about which, which side of the coin they're taking, even though, even though he's mic'd up, I don't want anyone to know that because I don't want to lose that feeling because it's my favorite part of Saturday. Cause you look around, you're like, Holy smokes. There's, there's a hundred thousand people here and this crowd is split right down the middle, half crimson, half burnt orange. It's, it's absolutely just amazing. So it, it's a rush unlike anything I could ever imagine, unlike, uh, unlike any great meal, unlike any drug, unlike any drink. I mean, it, it's something else. And it's also great because you go on the road and you travel to all these incredible places and you see the passion for this sport and you see just college football uh, at its finest. And when Oklahoma travels somewhere, I'm not trying to be like braggadocious here, but people want to see them. So you're seeing great crowds. It's very rare when you go to a situation like you did in Lawrence and it's a half-empty stadium. So it's an incredible rush, bro, man. I, I can't even think of the words to describe just how special it is. It's, it's unlike anything you could experience, and I hope everyone gets out and has an opportunity to support a big-time college atmosphere because even being in the stands for it is something indescribable. That's awesome. Chris Plank, uh, Sooners Radio, great stuff tonight. Looking forward to the game at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Thanks for coming on the bench on CBS Sports Radio. Nah, thank you, Pharrell. I'm a big fan, man. Call anytime. Thanks so much for having me on. My man, thanks a lot, Chris. Great stuff. Uh, Chris Plank with Oklahoma uh, Sooner Football Radio. He does the sideline gig on the Sooners Radio Network. 855-212-4227. I got to tell you, the calls, the non-calls in that game uh, on the pass interference on Tate is the most egregious. It's It's just felony stuff. I mean, they are, these refs are so corrupt I mean, I have never said they threw a they threw a challenge on that. It was such a bad call. It was so terrible, and they still didn't reverse it. They called nothing on this team the whole night. Uh, what they called two penalties on them the whole game, three for twenty, three penalties on the Patriots the whole game. And I got to tell you, that was the worst pass interference. And they called. Uh, they called so many. They called pass interference on the Giants all night. All I know is that was pass interference, and they uh, they looked at that. Some idiot, some asshat, actually looked at that in the not only on the field but in the NFL Park Avenue. You guys are so forrelling embarrassing. It is unbelievable that you could be that stupid and not see that as a pass. He literally mauled him, and no call. And then you look at it and see him mauling him and still don't make the call because your stones are the size of diamonds. The NFL is so corrupt for this football team. It is absolutely atrocious. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. They'll never reverse anything. I guarantee you know when they'll start reversing it? They'll start reversing calls in the playoffs when the Patriots need a call. They'll, they'll be the ones that benefit from it. Uh, mark my words. Mark my words. They get every Pharrell and call in every game to begin with. Am I tripping? Am I imagining things? No, I'm not. I'm telling it exactly like it is. It's unbelievable. It is truly unbelievable watching their games, how they get every call. It is unbelievable. 
I'm not even making this stuff up. Did you see it? Are you going to sit here well, and I tell me it. I'm wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But this is why this this whole rule should have never been changed to begin with. That they did. The, you shouldn't be able to review past interference in my mind. And then you're going to go and go. Well, it's only if it's egregious. Well, what the hell does that mean? It's either past interference or, or it, it isn't. isn't. You're either going to review it or you're not. So you're going to look at the review and go. Well, yeah, that was. But it's not. It's not ridiculously bad. We'll let that stand. What, what, what the hell are we doing? That's like a, it's a fumble or it's not a fumble. They, it's they past shouldn't. interference. It's not past they interference. They shouldn't even have the rule. No, don't review it. it. Don't review it. You overreacted to one play in the championship game. Now you don't. You want to backpedal from it and say, well, we don't want to go too much into judgment, so it's only going to be if it's really egregious. Again, who wrote that in the rule book? What does that mean? It's a joke. And it's so funny to me how every time I turn around, it's the Patriots benefiting from all this stuff. Every time I turn around, it's them. It's almost like it sounds like sour grapes. But it's almost like the whole season's just a waste of time because we're just waiting for them to play in another Super Bowl. Well, here, they gift wrap it. Here, take it. Meanwhile, there's no way on, on hell's earth that they were going to lose this game anyway, right? So why not at least call the game legit? <laughs> can you at least call the game legit? They're going to win the game either way, right? But can you call the game legit? No, they can't because they're all – let me tell you another problem they got. And here, at the highest level of discrimination here, so I can make, be clear, I want to be as discriminatory as possible when I say this. Do they have enough fat old guys refing in the NFL that can't even run with their broken down bodies and wobbly knees and knee braces on? Do they have enough fat guys that are 75 years old refing the games? Can we get anybody in their 20s that are athletic out there so they can keep up with the plays instead of missing every call, instead of they can't see because they're so blind? You can quote me on that too. And then when they review it, they got these corrupt mother Pharrellers sitting in New York that are completely on the take for the Patriots, making every crappy call in the world. They have the stockpile of horse ass refs in the NFL. It, and the NBA is worse. The NBA is even worse. The NBA, I repeat, is even worse because you watch an NBA game, you better have oxygen nearby because if you got betting, if you're betting on NBA games, you'll lose your mind with the calls they make in the NBA. It's one bad call after the next. As for three hours, it's, I mean, literally nothing but bad calls. At least in the NFL, they wait five minutes in between their crappy calls. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. Pharrellonthebench.com. You know it rules. The best cypher picks. All the college football and pro snags are up and posted for this weekend's games. Go get them while they're hot like pancakes. Baseball through the playoffs. Hit the Astros tonight. Hockey nightly every pick. Boxing and MMA every fight. Hoops coming around the corner doing push-ups. I'm watching NBA pre right now. Try it. You'll like it. Pharrellonthebench.com. F-E-R-R-A-L-L. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. So... Anyway, let's try Andrew in Boston. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on, Scotty? I want to make one quick point about the ALCS and then about hockey. You know, real quick on the Bruins. I'm a huge Bruins fan. They lost tonight. They blew a 2 nothing lead to the Az, had a couple goals called back. But I'll tell you what, I'll take 3-1 uh, on 
for the first four games of the season on a re- on a Western Conference road trip against the iron of the Western Conference. I'll take three and one. That's a good start for the Bruins. That's you know tr- getting rid of that stigma of the Stanley Cup hangover. I'll take that. It's a good start for the bees. Uh, how could it not be? They're uh, they won three of the four games. So I mean that's you know Captain Obvious. I mean they're winning and they should have won tonight and they blew the game, but it's no big deal. Who cares? They play for six and a half months. Real quick on the ALCS. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I would have loved for the for the, uh, the Rays to pull the upset on the Astros. But if we're all being honest, the series we want to see is Yankees Astros in the ALCS. They've been on a collision course all year. The Yankees line up against the the three headed monster, the Astros starting rotation. That is the series we want to see. I'm so pumped as a as a as you know an unbiased observer to watch that series. I think it's going to be a seven-game war, and I like the Astros because because of their starting pitching and the fact they can roll out, you know, three Cy Young winners in a series. I'll take the Astros, but I think this is going to be one of those all-time, you know, great series that we remember. You just hate the Yankees also. You just forgot to add that. I hate the Yankees. Yeah, you like, do. We, we beat them. Uh, we beat them the last two playoff series. We we played them. We won, we've won seven out of eight in the playoffs against the Yankees, four in a row at Yankee Stadium. I really don't care. The like, Red Sox sucked this year. They sucked, and there's no excuse for that. But I really don't hate the Yankees. That hatred is gone. The Red Sox have won so much. I don't hate the Yankees anymore. Yeah, I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe a word coming out of your mouth. Just so you know, the fact that you believe it is even funnier. I'll say this because I it's know so that. It's so funny to me, like some guy in Boston telling me they don't hate the Yankees. Yeah, That's but, a here's, good one. but you have to remember something. Andrew there, our friend, is a younger uh, Boston sports fan. And I'll say this I can guarantee you. I don't you, care how old he is. No, I'll bet you this. The younger Boston sports fan who has known nothing but winning with all of their teams their entire life. I could see where the younger in their early 20s doesn't have the hatred for the Yankees because he's right. They, they've never lost to them. I mean, it's if you're an older Boston fan and you went through all those years of the Yankees kicking the Red Sox in the teeth, yeah, you'd still hate them now even though you've beaten them the last few years. But if you're a young guy like Andrew in your early 20s or something, or, Le- or Andrew who could be 17 for all we know, um, you know, I think that because so, you've always gotten it done and you, all you've seen is them winning – I could see where you don't where that that could make one, one of the problems I have with uh, the Astros is their uh, rotation is that, um, that like remember Verlander got lit up the other night in Tampa. Watch he'll throw a no hitter against the Yankees. We'll see. Watch his one bad outing the whole year will be against the Rays. One thing Verlander does he gives up a lot of homers. Yeah, I mean now the most they're all they're all solo shots. But he gives up a lot of homers. Do you think they'll go there and uh, and lay an egg on uh, what is it? Is it uh, Saturday's game? One. Saturday's Saturday, Sunday game one. Game one and so two. Saturday Sunday is it going to be a nightmare weekend in Houston, or will they win one of those games? I think that because the Astros got pushed to the five games here, I think it sets them up for an opportunity to do something they could not do two years ago when they went there. Getting Granky in game one, I think, is huge for them because that's the guy out of the three. That I think that they'll have that they could beat. Uh, they can, they can get to Zach Granke. I don't think that he's overpowering. I don't think that he's been great in the playoffs. That is a chance for the Yankees to get a game in Houston before they go home. If I was them, I would throw Tanaka in Game One, and that way you have Tanaka at home in Game Five. He's much better at home. But... So are they putting Cece and uh, this guy Hicks well, on that, the roster? I think that Cece they will only because they have this kid Lyons who's a lefty. He's not going to pitch anyway. That's like a swap. I mean, he's only—he's not going to pitch extended time. A couple batters here or there. Hicks thing bothers me. He hasn't faced 
Major League pitching in two months. He hasn't done anything the whole season. Well, but he ha- he's been out injured for two months. So don't let him play. So you're going to put him in there when he hasn't seen live pitching against Verlander and Cole and all these guys. These guys have been getting it done. Why are you going to mess with something that's working right now? There's no I, reason to do that. I have to tell you, uh, going back to the uh, football game, that made me so mad that, like, literally, I- I'm, like, my night's ruined. Like, uh, completely ruined. Like, because I get, I, I, that made me so angry watching them butcher that game. If you ask me, uh, I mean, it was like, it was like watching, it was like watching felonies before our very eyes. Like, I cannot get over that call. And I, listen, I know they were going to lose the game. I know they weren't going to uh, win. That's not, that's neither here nor there. I am not a Giants fan. Do you understand? But I just sat there and watched as a completely objective person. I have absolutely no bones in it. And I'm sitting there watching going, this is unbelievable. They just don't throw flags against them. It's unbelievable. And then do you remember the one? Honestly, if you watch again, you will freak out. Do you remember the pylon call with Van Oy and the guy dove at the pylon? Did you see the ref down there like laughing, smiling, talking to these guys like they were giving him restaurant advice? Like, they literally, like, don't worry, I got this. He didn't know what to call it. He was like, he had no clue. The ref had no concept of what to do. He didn't make any call at all. Did you see him? He just stood there, and then he was smiling and talking to him. There were, like, five Patriot players wrapped around this guy just in his face, giving him the business. And he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to screw you. I'm going to screw them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to screw you guys. Why would I do that? Because all we do is give you guys good calls. I mean, it's... That's what I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching complete corruption at the highest level in the NFL. That's what I felt like I was watching. And I'm telling you, I have no interest in either side. I'm not on either side. I don't care. But I felt like I was watching. uh, I really did. I felt like I was watching uh, corruption at the highest level just pouring out of the television. I'm sitting there watching it going, oh, my God. Like the the pass interference that they reviewed and then still found it to be no pass interference. Literally, the guy, he might as well have had sex with him. That's how bad he raped him. I mean, this guy was literally all over him. I mean, all they tackled him. But did did you see what they did on the Jenkins call when they tackled Edelman? I mean, they gave him a flag so fast his head spun. But on this one, no flags ever. That guy Jones never got one pass that they they didn't consider pass interference once the whole night. Meanwhile, they mauled their receivers every time they threw it. Don't even tell me I'm wrong. Don't even call me. Don't even call me. I will hang up on you so fast your mother will laugh at you. Don't even call me because I'm not even going to listen to it. You stupid-ass people from Boston, too. I don't care what you think of me. Screw you six ways till Sunday. I really mean it. Don't even waste your time calling me. You're in on it, too. They're in on it, too. They're probably paying them. They're probably greasing them. They probably mow their yards. And I, I will not take back either that they have the worst, I mean, the crappiest old fart, like just old man. It's like geriatrics out in the NFL, the refs. It is literally like, honestly, I don't know what's worse. The 80-year-old still calling games in sports today or, or the NFL refs that are 80 years old running around on the field looking like, I mean, they might as well be in electric wheelchairs. They could drive up and down the field and make calls, bad calls. Because they can't keep up with the play as it is. No one can even argue with it. 
You can't even argue with me. There's no, there's no point in even calling because don't even call because all I'm going to do is laugh at you. I mean it. It's unbelievable. I, I want to puke. I want to puke. I, I got a stomach ache watching that game tonight. Just it, I felt like I was just, it was like, oh, my God. They sucked the life out of the room. They ruin everything. Not only that, here's another one for you. I'm sitting there watching a game tonight right at home. Just both games, the baseball game and the football game. Have you ever seen anything? They take commercial breaks when the wind blows. I mean, every punt, it's five minutes of commercials. Every kickoff, five minutes of commercials. Every fourth down, five minutes of commercials. Have you ever seen anything like it? Baseball, every three outs, five minutes of commercials. I mean, it's never just 60 or 90 seconds anymore. It's five minutes. It's literally, if you go to an NFL game, you will stand around watching players stand on the field picking their butts for five minutes after every play. It's like every play. Television is so bad now with sports. I can't even watch a game anymore. It takes so long to get through commercials. I want to kill myself. I'm not kidding. I can't even take it. I told you last night, I watch Netflix so I don't have to watch sports on television anymore because it's so bad. I mean, every time they punt the ball, they t- five minutes of commercials, for Christ's sakes, you got to be kidding me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.